Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Well, good morning and welcome to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, feeling lousy, and I'm joined by the ailing yet intrepid Gary Potterfield. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. I got you. Yeah, <sighs> you, you you told you told me in your in your in your text that you were plugged and drugged. <laughs> yep, that's good. That's, uh... Yeah, so um, this this is going to be uh, a, a a a challenging, but we I no doubt rewarding podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit about crisis communications, uh, just because there's just been so much good stuff that came up. But I, I think we got to start with um, the college cheating scandal. Oh yeah, this is. I think they should na- rename like this. This should be like uh, a new a new federal. I knew one of those those weeks, you know, it should be like um, National Schadenfreude Week from now on. <laughs> you know, ab- absolutely. And of course, you know, the crux of the scandal is wealthy people, a couple celebrities paying lots of money to a third party to um, bribe different officials to fake different credentials for their kids. And, you know, my first reaction to this when I, when I saw this and the level of money being spent is I thought, well, why not just directly endow a building? Because apparently that's legal to get your kid into college yeah. if they're not bright. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You'd figure, yeah, 500K ought to just do it. I mean, the, the one that, what's her name, it paid 500K. I mean, that should just do it right there. <clears throat> and the, Yeah, and it would be legal. Yeah. I was, there, there was a... Um, uh, it was on, actually it was on, interestingly, it was, uh, on, uh, Vox, you know, the website Vox, not right. associated with our better Vox, but, um, what's it say? It's, it's, uh, something, where's the thing? Talk on it. Oh yeah. So it, it, I'll read a quote from it. Singer allegedly, uh, exploited the admissions preference for athletes by turning mediocre high school students through bribery and photo editing into mediocre students with athletic promise. So, yeah, <laughs> There's still mediocre student. That's an, I, I hadn't thought of it that way. It's like you're right. I mean, uh, it just it, what, yeah. what they're doing there is exposing that it, there's a fundamental flaw overall in the in the in the process, regardless of the legalities. Well, and I would think at some point shouldn't USC have noticed that these two girls weren't on the crew team? Well, I you know wouldn't that have come up somewhere? It's a couple things. It's a doggone, it's a huge bureaucracy. And so you can certainly get, I imagine it could get lost in that. Um, you know, so uh, I don't know. Of course, yeah. then there's just the, the issue of higher education becoming more and more expensive. Uh, and colleges, in, in some ways, I think, seem all they want to do is pull more tuition out of more students for longer periods of time. So the motivation for someone to get a bachelor's degree in four years, why do that when they could keep paying for six? Right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> yeah, I, that's what I was thinking about all this is that, you know, what the hell are you doing? What's the, I mean, okay. Does, so you're going to spend a half a million dollars to get your daughters into USC. What's the effing point? I mean, I mean, it sounds to me because you love your kids. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm really skeptical about this. I think it's a pure vanity. 
I think it's just vanity. Oh, I, oh, I would agree with that. I think they, I, to me, it looks fairly, uh, uh, you know, clear-eyed and cold-eyed. Hey, our daughters are pretty, and being an online influencer uh, is probably going to be more credible at their age if they're going to a top school because the whole idea of being an online influencer is being aspirational. So you need to be pretty, thin, wealthy, and in a top-tier school. Yeah. And, and the, for, the poor, me, yeah. for me, it was about building the brand of the daughters than actually getting them an education. Right. Oh, yeah. And then, and then, <laughs> the, uh, and then when they, and then when the, uh, the one girl, the one girl is, uh, you know, when, when the, when the scandal breaks, she's on a yacht of the, uh, ch- you know, the chairman of the board yeah. or whatever. Oh my gosh. That's just I crazy. Hate- uh, but you know, I will tell you this much. I just, uh, I, you know, I went onto the, I, I went onto the Mosimo site just to see if I could maybe find like a rowing ja- shirt on a discount or something or, or a pole vaulters, you know, gear. Uh-huh. But, I, but I couldn't find anything for that. So yeah, you're so, right. Yeah. USC USC crew team logo gear is something I would I would totally wear right now. <laughs> it would be fun, wouldn't it? Oh golly, <laughs> gee. Yeah, but uh, boy, what a easy piece! I feel so. I feel. For, I feel really bad for the, you know, for the 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 children that were unaware that their parents were doing this to them. Because I know there was, you know, some I think were couldn't, you know, had to be aware of it, but others, you know, just think about it. So many things that could go that just. I'm just worried. It could really destroy families, and uh, I'm not. You know, I know that most of us aren't worried about those rich families, but I'm thinking about the the kids. They're like, "What the hell did you do, mom?" I mean, now you've just, you know, it could be really just awful for them. Uh, the the innocent young people. I know those right. some weren't right. Yeah. Right. No, it's um, you know. Although I think if if you're actually posing for a rowing photo and you know that you've never been in a skull before. Um, I, I think you'd be pretty um, aware of what was going on to get you into USC. Well, for, yeah, for that, for sure. There was, but there was, I think it was, the, there was the one uh, young man who, uh, when he was like in the interview process at the school and they go, well, I see you're like a pole vaulter. He goes, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> it's, and then there was, uh, and it's from a PR perspective, uh, I know there's the one young man, uh, you know, he was uh, told to uh, to not speak out, not to say anything, but he chose to. And that's interesting. You know, you know, we talk about that to get it out, get it, you know, get this thing out in a way, even though he, you know, he uh, professed to be uh, innocent of it. But he came out and said immediately how, you know, how um, distraught he was or, you know, and so how upset he was by the situation. I think he, he I, I, my personal opinion is if, if indeed he was unaware that he handled that very well. You know, it's a tweet. Was it a tweet? What's his uh, Jack Buckingham, whose mother Jane, who's a marketing lady, he came right out and said, you know, I know there's millions of kids out there, both wealthy and less fortunate, who grind their asses off to have a shot at college dreams and blah blah blah. And, you know, he upset he was about it and everything, and hoped it would be a a reason for things to be, you know, things to change. So I thought that I thought that young man did a good job. But is this, uh, to you, is this just one more, um, uh, uh, is this the tip of the iceberg with regard to um, ignoring rules and being kind of amoral in this country, do you think? Um, 
Yeah, well, you know how we put on it. We put on we our public face, and then there's what's behind the scenes. So, you know, I, I think so. And and then here and then the other part of regard to this, you know, it, you know, let's say that they all let's say that these folks say they're sorry. You know, say you're sorry. You, looking from a crisis per, uh, uh, communication standpoint. Okay, great. You know, BS. No one's going to believe it. I mean, I'm not going to believe it. They can say all the because you, you know. People uh, of note get in trouble, and then they say, "Oh, I just I don't know what I was thinking." Give me a break. You know exactly what you're thinking. You just you, you know just. So how would you answer that, Merritt? And you're if, if I think I would say, "Yeah, I did it on purpose. I did do it on purpose. I, it's wrong. I did it on purpose." Well, I, I think where you, where you get into the really murky gray area is we're a country that sometimes not sometimes, but I think we kind of reward rule breaking because we see it as innovative, right? Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just imagine, um, do you think that they, do you think any of them didn't know that they were breaking the law? Any of the 50 parents, do you think any of them were unaware that this was breaking laws with regard to uh, the IRS and things like that and the mail fraud and all that? Well, sure. I mean, certainly it's a white collar crime, but I feel like white collar crime is getting more visibility. I mean, Martin Shkreli, right? Um, 500% hike in the price uh, of, a, of a key drug is serving a seven-year sentence in uh, federal prison for securities fraud. I think sometimes brazenness, uh, uh, and maybe, that, maybe that's what the new thing is, and maybe that's what's a little shocking about this college scandal, is the brazenness of it. It's not just rule-breaking to get ahead, to innovate, to get a new product to market. It's rule-breaking um, that's straight-out cheating. Yeah. Yeah, there's there there is no face you can put on this that's going to be like oh, but you did and and again the story oh I did it for the love of my kids that's just I don't I'm not buying that I'm not just not buying it um, I mean maybe some of them did that but you know I, I just I, I I think it's vanity I think it's um, you know maybe they're trying to get ahead but 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 I just I, it really just is awful. Um, and here's the other thing. It opens up, I think that the healthy part of all this is the fact that it's, um, you know, it, it does open up the whole issue about uh, higher education. Um, for a number of years, <clears throat> I've been following, there's a company called uh, Praxis, and it's not the same as the, the other college thing about Praxis. But anyway, um, it's uh, it, uh, Discover Praxis is the website. But anyway, uh, what they do, th their website is pretty cool because they right at the front of their website, the very first thing it says is, the degree is dead. You need experience. And what Praxis does is it's a one-year program. It's six months of prep, of real-world prep in terms of today's market, and then a six-month internship. You pay $12,000 to be in Praxis, but in the end of the year of the Praxis period, you're paid $14,400 in, in an internship. So, so after a year, like 98% of the kids get jobs from the company that they're interning with. So, um, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that um, this opens up the whole can of worms about higher education and where it, and, and its value and what it is. I mean, get your big fat degree from Brown. You know, so what? That's what I'm kind of hoping happens. I, I, you know, I think we've gotten to that point. Um, I know, uh, larger firms and, you know, the top five accounting practices and brokerage houses, uh, they're shopping only a certain list of schools. But certainly, I don't think um, 
at Vox Optima, we would ever look at students from just a single school. Well, no, there is a single school that we do prefer, and that would be the Defense Information School. <laughs> right, that's true. <laughs> we actually, that's right. Uh, that course, is, uh, we, we do recruit at one specific school. That's true. That's right. Can 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 mom and dad uh, finagle that one? Not that, don't think so. Uh, I finagle. I had to wait seven months to get to that. So I, I was in the delayed entry program. Waited seven months to get into that school when I was a young man. Um, so yeah, I couldn't cheat it though. Uh, there's a lot more to talk about about this merit. I think uh, there's. I mean, this is a juicy one. Yep. I remember the other, so, so uh, for good or for bad, it's a juicy one. Anyway, folks, um, uh, you're listening to the Brand Ambassadors, Merritt and Gary, back, uh, back in, this, in, our virtual, in our virtual saddles, uh, talking about the, um, the admissions crisis, the admissions scandal, and, and, uh, and, all th- and things crisis communications. Cheating. cheating. Is cheating, cheating ever okay? It depends. We can talk about that, too. You're listening <laughs> to the Brand Ambassadors. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Thanks. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. You 
are listening to The Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen, joined by Gary Potterfield. We feel lousy, but we don't. our poor engineer, uh, Aaron, just sounds awful. So this is a show where we are gutting through, and for you, our listeners. Boy, that sounds inspiring. <laughs> that sounds inspiring. And we're talking about cheating, uh, the, coll- the college scandal. But we- we've seen folks skirting rules, uh, kind of a comeuppance. You kind of start with everybody gloating about Martha Stewart and her tax returns. Well, that goes back. How many years ago was that? A while. And, you know, and she goes back to Martha Stewart Omnimedia and continues to turn out um, perfect cookies and no one seems to care. Right. Right. Well, it, it, you, you forget about it over time. So, um, um, uh, yeah, I don't know about the celebrities, if they'll be, you know, the business people, they don't get the scrutiny that the celebrities do. So the business people is like whenever, when they, you know, when, 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 the, when they pay their fine or whatever, they'll just go back to being, doing their business. I, I can't imagine, for example, uh, I just don't imagine that ultimately the, these companies will, maybe they'll suffer, but uh, it feels to me like they won't. People just sit there and go, okay, they're more interested in the individual getting shamed than they care about the, you know, its impact on the business. I don't know. Well, look at the reaction to Paul Manafort's sentence. People really want him in prison for 20 or 30 years. I don't know that he has 20 or 30 years to live. I feel like if you're almost 70 and you get seven years in prison, your life's kind of over. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Is he going to go to like, uh, is he going to go to like one of those, uh, uh, you know, what do you call it? Prisons? One of those, um, you know, corporate golf, (laughs) golf, golf course prisons or golf course prison type things or something. I don't know. He's going to federal prison. That's for sure. Oh yeah, so it won't be, won't be, it won't be a joy ride. No, won't be a joy ride. I was, you know, it was interesting uh, going back to the the admission scandal. Uh, a couple of other uh, known uh, sports figures uh, that uh, are not implicated at all, but you know, uh, Phil Mickelson and Joe Montana both uh, have um, have consulted with uh, this guy and his company. Mm. You know his. You know, and what what does that even mean? I mean, you're like, oh no, we just were consulting. Consulting what? How to take a better SAT? Give me a break. Or how to how to fake a crew profile? Right. I think it was probably sit there. They probably looked and said, okay, okay. I've heard. You know, because obviously it probably goes from these wealthy folks. They, you know, uh, in their own little you know groups and say, hey, you ought to talk to this guy. We did and got our kid into Brown or whatever school, uh, Yale or something. And um, and then uh, they. Looked, they probably looked into it and said, no, we're not going to do that. But still, it's pretty shady, things that happen at that level. And what, what, what do you think, Merritt, is, uh, what do you think the impact is, is on the schools themselves? What do you think they, they're going to, do you think uh, from a crisis uh, communications perspective or enrollment or anything, what do you think is going to happen? I think college admissions are so random and so um, already so blighted, if you will, from being a level playing field. I feel like there's personal outrage over wealthy people cheating, but I think the schools can weather this. Yeah, I, I think I think so. But it does expose to just how much is a, a darn 
money game. It's all about the money. So, I think one of my favorite uh, notes, The Economist did an uh, article on this earlier in the week and noted that typically for uh, Ivy League, the, you know, the, the top, top tier, top 10, top 20 schools, the way to go is um, – you know, an eight, uh, eight to nine figure endowment. And that's really, that's really the purview of billionaires. That's how billionaires get their um, underachieving kids into top colleges. And uh, what has happened in this scandal is a broker found a way to achieve the same result at about a tenth of the cost so that mere millionaires could get their Underachieving yeah. kids into top tier schools. You see, that is, see, there's entrepreneurship and you're helping out the, not the little guy, but the littler guy, not the, rather than the billionaire, the millionaire. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. It's not the top uh, 0.1%, but the top 1% um, that get to do this. But again, it's just cheesy peasy. Um, so, so, so you get your underachieving kid into a Yale or, or wherever, USC, University of Texas. It's kind of weird too. I thought that. Uh, some of the schools were named, but anyway, um, and then and then what is it? You, you know, you get the you plop. We throw the, we, you know, uh, like um, like the Tin Man. No, like the I mean, like the uh, like um, Scarecrow. And uh, is suddenly you're smart. What, and what? What you got your piece of paper? You know what? Did, well, did they I mean, learn anything? Yeah, and your I mean, your school gets you your first job, and I, I do think something you said earlier. This is vanity. This is I have two daughters at USC. This is I just got my youngest into Stanford, um, and uh, it's parents. Uh, it's the vanity of parents, and also uh, I think there's just a trend of parents never wanting their child to have a bad circumstance. Uh, we see that type of bad parenting where no matter what the kid does, the parents want to make it okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, you put it, making this one. Okay. Not so much. How are you going to make this one? Okay. So boy, how you, how are you messing up there? there you know, it, it, interesting. You, you're doing this and you're in theory. Uh, okay. You girls are going to go to USC and it's all going to be great. And now, well, of course they may survive and they may, maybe their notoriety, they'll, they'll, maybe they'll, they'll just revel in their notoriety and, and, and what that young one, young woman's, uh, uh, YouTube channel or whatever will go, go, uh, viral even more and maybe she'll make more money and be more famous. But I don't know. I just think it, yeah, way to go mom and dad. I think it's, yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, This quickly, uh, a number of students have um, come together uh, to uh, file a lawsuit. Yeah, I think there was a couple different lawsuits out there. One of them was half a billion or $500 billion, some insane, ridiculous Mm -hmm. lawsuit, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but you know, I, yeah, yeah, it, uh, I, that's interesting. That is interesting too. Um, so now, you know, here's another thing: if if it wasn't for the, you know, because it, there are federal crimes involved, um, but uh, you know, it seems to me that if it wasn't about, if it wasn't about, uh, um, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, if uh, if it was just simply the a private school and private people cheating. With the, there shouldn't in my in that regard there wouldn't be legal there shouldn't be legal implications just moral ones but if, once you start doing things like faking uh, contributions to charities and stuff it gets a little bit uh, dicey and, and and federal student loan stuff of course they're not they don't give a damn about loans but anyway I was talking uh, to no go ahead you you go no I was just I was talking to Julia you know my daughter mm-hmm. Julia I said 
we were because we, we talked a lot about this and i was like you know I, i'm i said think about this i said you know let's say you're a young person and you you know you you love your you love your mom and dad and you and you look up to them and respect them and then you know i said what would, it, what would you think if suddenly you know i did something like that what would you think what it would do to you like it would be the same kind of feeling i think i would think that a child would have and she was saying this as if a parent parents got divorced or something, the family broke up. And you know, your your view, your whole worldview of the of the people you love is just destroyed. That's my that's one of the things I thought came out of this too. I know I think you're right. And and just to, to me, this this one sentence, um, uh, a law enforcement official um, speaking on uh, condition of anonymity told Boston authorities that the women's soccer coach at Yale offered to label um, a, a wealthy person's daughter a recruited athlete in exchange for cash. And, yeah. and that's the thing is a recruited athlete gets a buy on admissions even if they never make the team. And I think that's how they work that loophole. Yeah. Boy. Oh, oops. Yeah, didn't, didn't, didn't work out. Didn't, didn't join the team. Not playing tennis, not rowing, not whatever the hell they're doing. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, it was it was um, very entrepreneurial. That guy Singer, whoever, whoever and everyone else he was involved with. But it does just just like really, this is what you're about. I don't know. At what level is the temptation just too great? We're going to give you 1.7 million dollars if you do this. Oh. Yeah, okay, my, my standards kind of go out the window. At what point does temptation become too great? You know? uh, oh, absolutely. And the, the apparent ease that this guy was able to bribe, uh, to me, being a uh, uh, you know, Division I NCAA sports coach kind of puts you in a high-visibility uh, position. I'm just amazed that so many, so many were open to bribery. Yeah. And aren't they already doing okay? If you're a coach at that level, you're doing, I mean, you're doing coaches, you know, coaches are making a hell of a lot more than the professors are, you know, at least the coaches in sports that are bringing in cash. Right. Oh, that's a, that's a completely different issue that we might want to talk about in the second yeah. half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, but uh, ultimately I kind of think um, this is uh, aside from the scandal part of it, it's uh, you know, kind of healthy opening up a discussion about what the hell's going on with higher education, all aspects of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's been a lot of Merck. Uh, We see that uh, in Albuquerque at university of, uh, of New Mexico where the athletic department mismanaged its money so badly. It essentially just had to shutter for scholarship uh, sports uh, effective this year. They made a decision in the summer. Boom, they're gone. Wow. So, so and there's what? nothing. There's nothing to show for it except we made a mistake and we don't have any money anymore. That's that's the explanation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, again, the, the sports aspect of uh, higher education, like that thing I said at the beginning about the you know now you have mediocre students that can play sports. I mean, so what's the so what? I mean, why is that okay? You know, why is that? I don't know. You know. And there's that thing about the, you know, I remember years ago in basketball, you know, some of these young young men who got scholarships for to play basketball, and then they didn't make the NBA, and then they, you know, essentially were just just oh you did you weren't good enough, and they're just drifted, you know, set they're just pushed aside, 
and they have no education, they have no prospects. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, we've got a lot to talk about in the yeah. second half. All right. Well, it's time to go to a break, isn't it? So, uh, boy, we're talking crisis communication specifically about at the moment, we've been talking about uh, the higher education uh, scandals that are going on. And we can talk about some others, too. Listening to the Brand Ambassadors, uh, Merritt and Gary, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield along with Merritt Hamilton-Allen, and we're talking about um, uh, the admissions scandal and other things uh, that uh, cause uh, crises from a public relations standpoint and things. And, uh, you know, I'm waiting for the – when are they going to have, like, you know, some crisis where the parent – some kind of a scandal where the parent, you know, is, you know is spending extra bucks to get his kid into bartending school or something like that. Uh, <laughs> daughter, into, daughter into some beauty academy. Uh, anyway. I, I wouldn't. I would not rule that out in my state, but um, 
And it's an issue of public corruption. Um, one thing we've seen, the United States kind of sliding down uh, international scales with regard to uh, public corruption. It's an endemic problem in my state, in New Mexico, uh, to the point where we actually had a voter uh, a ballot initiative in, in uh, November saying, do we need to set up an ethics commission uh, to hold the legislature and uh, elected officials accountable? Uh, three to one, uh, it passed, where on day 59 of our 60-day legislative session and the legislature can't decide on one. <laughs> You know, I think that uh, to me, the, the 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 way to get rid of as much as you can do it, if you can do it, to get rid of the that is to eliminate the possibility of it existing. In other words, if you take away the ability for the action to to happen, you know, like, you know, that's that that that, that isn't like holding people accountable to not cheat is to make the cheating possible because it doesn't exist as a capability. In other words. I don't know what you do at the at the what could you at the college level if so if you if you eliminated um, the the um, the athletic scholarship then that part of it you couldn't even do it because it wouldn't be there I think uh, you're trying to change human nature and say now, now we're gonna now we're gonna add more bureaucracy to tr check on you to make sure you're being honest I think it's best if you can do it is just to eliminate the the temptation completely well and it's uh, it college sports uh, where, where we are in 2019 I think is uh, a tough place because we basically particularly for football and basketball we use colleges as free farm teams for multi-billion dollar sports enterprises uh, at the professional level and there's kind of a nod to the student yeah you're a student athlete and you'll get an education even if you don't make the pros but that doesn't always happen yeah, I think it often doesn't happen. I, I always admire when you hear about that when you're you know watching uh, basketball or football and you hear about the, some player and he's got like a you know a law degree or or he's got something else going on or he's or he's in pre med he got a pre med you're like oh okay this guy was like you know he was taking it seriously he was there he was there for a lot more than than uh, than the sport. Um, yeah, I, I mean, um, what's his name? Uh, dog on, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. He was a Raven who played center, and uh, and uh, he's like he's he's you know he's he's a um, essentially a, an incredible math wizard. And uh, after three years uh, in the pros, he said, "No, I'm getting out. I want to go back. I want to go back to, you know, you know, d discovering some new scientific or mathematical thing." So I thought it was really cool, but it's rare. You know, it's rare. Most of the time, they're they're there just to get that piece of paper because they need it and they can go do pro sports. But only what what percentage make it? You know. Well, I will say this one thing, and I tend to be harsh on my alma mater, but uh, Notre Dame uh, perennially uh, wins uh, for the twelfth straight year has. Uh, uh, led the NCAA for graduation success rates. Um, it's figure in 2018, 98% of student athletes graduate. Well, that's good. That's very good. Um, do, do, now, this, but um, are they, is it a lot of variety? It's 87% for football. What what kind of degrees are we talking about? That's what I wonder about. What kind of what kind of degrees are they getting? I mean, is it a nice variety, or does it is that actually uh, are those stats available? Uh, 
Um, not in the article I'm looking at, but um, uh, I, I think finishing school is a lot better than not finishing school. Oh, absolutely. And, and just... yeah, and whether you have um, an accounting degree or a sociology degree, it's a lot better to have a degree. Oh yeah, what I was wondering is because I know a lot of the in a lot of the colleges the degree is usually like um, sports something or other. You know, right, it's got right, some sport, right. Or general got some studies, sport. yeah, general studies, or yeah. And then the lie to the, the lie to the academic aspect of it is in, in particularly in football now. How many of the uh, how many of them are declaring at the third year that they're going to go for the draft, the NFL draft? Yep, right. got what I needed out of this. Thank you. And then you, I, I mean, let's talk about. I think it's Duke um, that is pretty open about the fact that they are recruiting athletes and they do not care about students and um, they are, their job is to get people under the age of 20 into the NBA. Well, you know, I admire one aspect of that is just being, being sincere. Yeah. Open about saying, yeah, we're we're not going to pretend that we're just, you know, yeah, you know, but uh, that's the, my thing is, Hey, okay. If, if you want to affiliate, a, your football team or basketball team to your college, fine, but don't make them athletes. Don't make them students. Just, you know, of course, I'm, you know, I don't, that'll never happen, but you know, to your point, you were saying, you know, basically, um, you know, the, the minor leagues or, or, or something, uh, of, of, for, for, for NFL, you know, that kind of thing or the NBA. That's really what it is. We know that's what it is for a lot of, them. but you know, all, although I think the, the majority of students realize that they're not going to be a pro, you know, the vast majority know they're not going to be into pro sports, but they got their free. Ed- if they, if they did it and they said, Hey, I got my education paid for it. Cool. I mean, my dad, he had a, he, he had a, um, uh, he had a full scholarship to Loyola of Baltimore for, uh, for, um, for lacrosse. Then he got drafted, but, um, <clears throat> but, uh, so, you know, you do what you got to do to get ahead. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, and that's, um, you know, the other controversy, a lot of schools don't like having ROTC. Um, and Isabella in the background is actually barking at the uh, garbage man, not at the notion of ROTC on campuses. But the notion of um, the military providing scholarships uh, can be controversial. Uh, I, I, dis- I disagree with it, but it certainly was a thing when I was, uh, when I was at Notre Dame because... Just a mindset. How can a Catholic, a Christian university be training war fighters? We're going to have to go kill people. Yeah. And of course, uh, at that time, I didn't know I'm going to go be a PAO. So the only, you know, the only weapon I have is a phone. But (laughs) the pen is mightier than the sword. Or in in the the era when I came in, the fax is mightier than the sword. So, you know, there, there, are, there are a lot of different ways to get kids into college. And then there's also the question, do we even need college anymore? Yeah, we do are. We need, yeah, we, we need programmers. We need software engineers. We need plumbers. Do they need a four-year degree? Well, you, you know, we, you, you and I, we know, you know, we have very direct, you know, uh, uh, evidence of this. So, you know, we deal with this with regard to jobs we're trying to put people into. And we, you know, we know full well what the real requirement is, but they, you know, some of the jobs, they stamp this, you got to have, you know, the four-year degree because, you know, it, that, you know, that used to be a qualifier that was, had much more significance 20, 30 years ago. 
But now, you know, you got young people that, that before they even get out of high school can just run circles around the rest of us with regard to programming and understanding technology and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, are they, is, is that degree, does it relate to the position? Um, it's changing. I just, I don't know if it's changing fast enough, but it's, it's changing. You're, you're now starting to see some positions open that don't require the degree. Maybe they'll say degree or X number of years experience. And does a 19-year-old with contracts who has contracts with Sephora and Tresemme need um, a bachelor's in general studies from the University of Southern California? Right, right, right. Well, yeah, you're talking about the daughter of, uh, what's her name? Lori Laughlin, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I don't think she has those contracts anymore, does she? I think it's uh, that's like true. a hot potato. That's true. It's just like college athletes, she needs, she needs her education now more than ever. Yeah. So, uh, but I'll bet you somebody else she'll 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 pick up other she'll pick up other uh, other uh, sponsors for her uh, podcast or her whatever she is. Those that are like that are digging the the notoriety, they're going, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, you know, an edgier company, maybe not like a uh, maybe I don't know what that would be, but uh, you know, some I don't know what it'd be, but anyway, ethics. We should have some. I'm for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the topic of the show. Cheating, crisis communications. And, you know, I think maybe in the last segment we might talk a little bit about PR ethics because there, there's there's okay stuff to do. There's not okay stuff to do. Um, and there's uh, kind of something we put out on uh, Facebook a uh, controversial case about a, a firm releasing a case study that actually just promoted its client. <laughs> <laughs> it's research. Right. It's research. It's really targeted research. It's really targeted research for our clients' bottom line. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's uh, you know we we everybody. This is the truth for every human being. So we got to also understand that is that you know that uh, and that's part of what this uh, admission scandal did is it, it showed that you know the public face and the private one is you know when you're just talking amongst yourselves what you're what you think you can say and what you really believe and then what you can say when you're in the public look at all the people who got in trouble for you know uh, and recorded all, you know for saying uh, saying something they shouldn't have said or you know or, or whatever or look at uh, t- uh, tucker you know who got the, the they're they're slamming him for the uh, uh, the love sponge thing and all that so anyway i'm okay. i'm kind of okay with that cuz i've always thought he was a dweeb but well, we'll we'll uh, be talking about uh, this and more. And you know, there's some folks who've withstood some pretty bad scandals, and then it comes back ten years later. Let's look at uh, R. Kelly and leaving Nether- Neverland. That'll be some interesting topics. So stay with us. Uh, we've got more brand ambassadors in our final segment. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima. 
our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program uh, welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen, and uh, we're back for our last segment, talking about uh, some scandals and crises and uh, and, and such. And uh, Merritt uh, opened the door to R. Kelly and uh, leaving Nether- Neverland. And uh, boy, that's a can of worms you've opened up. That's the second time I've had a can of worms today. I think. But go ahead. Well, to me, it's kind of fascinating because both um, Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. Uh, this came up 15, 20 years ago, really inappropriate sexual practices with underage people, right? Mm, yeah. and, they bo- and they both withstood it. But is it the Me Too movement? Whatever it is that uh, we've got two miniseries where uh, victims are saying on camera, this happened to me. Right. Uh, and and it's, to me, it's kind of amazing. And uh, that... Again, uh, I do not follow uh, his music at all, but because I watched the Dave Chappelle show 15 years ago, I knew R. Kelly was a lousy guy. Hmm. So when he um, stands up and um, knocks over his chair and completely loses um, his tiny mind with uh, uh, CBS this morning, I wasn't surprised. It's almost like I kind of wanted to see that. It, it confirmed it for me. It was fantastic television. Of course, CBS is rerunning it every 15 minutes. <laughs> And, and it's a great example of, you know, what not to do. And I, I just try to imagine what his legal PR team was thinking going into the interview. Do you, you think know, he just, had to, does he have one? He, he must um, or not, I guess. I just I, I'm just trying to imagine, you know, the coaching Well, just be yourself. Well, no, no, not that. Um, 
Well, because he, he probably doesn't have a PR team, but he probably he probably has a publicist, and that's a right. That's a totally different. That's animal. true. You're right. Yeah. You're it's, right. It's, it begins with pub. It's got to be the same thing. What should I do, publicist? Uh, you should yourself. act like a real ass and be yourself, and uh, boy, we'll sell more discs or something on discs. But you compare <laughs> it to, you know, they've had sit-down interviews with the Jackson family. The entire family sits down, uh, father, all the brothers, and um, they are polite, they're soft-spoken, they're respectful, they deny everything. And fi- uh, leaving Neverland is kind of, uh, they're not getting quite the... Uh, shock and outrage, I think, as uh, uh, Breaking R. Kelly, um, I think that's what it's called, um, I haven't even watched the show, uh, just because of how the respondent is handling interviews and press. Mm. Well, they have a lot of experience, that, you know, the Jackson family of dealing with controversy, you know, often re- you know, re- related to Michael and a little bit related to Jan- uh, Janet with that Super Bowl thing, but um, so they, you know, they've got, they've got the experience and they've been in the business since they were forever, you know, what, 50 years now they've been in the business. So, so yeah, they, yeah. they've, they've, they've got the, they've got the experience with it, even though they, they yeah, they're a little dysfunctional too, but at any rate, um, yeah, it's interesting how it comes back again. So. And I, with not just the Me Too movement, not just with regard to harassment uh, or assault, but does it seem to you that there's just um, maybe Americans are fed up with cheating in general? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I I guess I'd hope I would hope so, but uh, it's hard to make things change so fast now. I don't know. I don't know what the people are into. I think uh, I think people are. Sadly, I think people are eating up the scandals, though, as much that that's nothing. Of course, that's nothing new. But um, I, I would be great if they were fed up with cheating. What worries me is when things like uh, Shkreli or Manafort come up. What worries me is that folks don't take this on board and don't see this as a lesson learned. They just figure out better ways to not get caught. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, human nature, uh, uh, can we fundamentally change human nature? I don't know that we can. It certainly seems to be bringing out the worst of folks uh, these days. You know. But, the, well, the good news, uh, there, there are both good and bad news. Uh, the world we live in technologically is uh, there, are, there are precious few secrets anymore, you know. So, uh, so we, we know, we, we find out, and I think we find out uh, easier now to find out uh, you know, malfeasance than in the past. But then, by the same token, we have no privacy. Right. <laughs> right. But I, I, I just think it's, it's we're moving into an interesting era where, again, our perceptions, and as Americans, we, we trust our government the least. Congress has a trust rating of something like 20%, I think. Um, we are, uh, we, we lack um, faith in our government institutions, and what where does what does that leave us? Does that mean we're going to follow all regulations and laws, or does that mean we're going to take an example from our lawmakers or our perception of our lawmakers, and um, uh, uh, operate by any means necessary? Well, I don't know. It's a tough. It would be nice if they were if 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 the um, lack of faith was. Um, 
not deserved, but it's deserved. I think it's deserved. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so, so starting from the point of view of skepticism, uh, for is in some ways healthy because you're saying, okay, wait a minute. I understand they sit there and go, boy, we can't, if you can't, you know, they, they, you know, not trusting anything that the government, that the, uh, that our uh, legislators and all say and do, but still, I, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of shocked um, compared to the other news this week. It's been a minor issue, but there's, there's a nonprofit in New Mexico who's filed a lawsuit against a nonprofit agency um, that provides services for the disabled. And the folks filing the lawsuit um, are playing every dirty media trick imaginable like releasing the draft lawsuit to the press before it hits court so um, uh, the respondent is completely unaware. Uh, it, and, but at the same time, uh, the, the plaintiff, if you will, um, they have so many scandals in their own member organizations with uh, embezzlement uh, of funds that... I, it almost looks like they're doing this to deflect attention away from themselves. And this is, these are nonprofits in Albuquerque. It's just, uh, my God, are, are we just going to be in the world of d dirty tricks? You know, the, the Lee Atwater, um, uh, uh, by any means necessary. Is that just how we're going to conduct business now? Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it, you'd think the idea that nonprofit ma means oh, they must be some wonderful charitable organization run by little old ladies or something like that for some good cause. Uh, but it, it again, what can we? Hey, maybe we. Hey, you know what? We can make a lot of money if we become a nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, you know, of course, I've I've been part of that too, uh, down in El Paso, part of a crisis board for an agency that was supposed to employ the disabled, and the CEO was actually making seven-figure uh, uh, general journal transactions to himself. Uh, he's in federal prison. Yeah, we see um, that. They said that's why we're a nonprofit. See, we're good. Right. Oh, uh, let's. Um, it's it's an it's an interesting old world out there, and just this this college thing. After and I keep putting it in the context of Manafort and Shkreli, uh, but I think I think that's a fair point. Um, unlikable people uh, gaming the system to their advantage, but to, uh, is this anything more than, as you say, Schadenfreude, mm -hmm. or um, are we going to see a real change and a return to ethics? Um, I, I, I think the former, sadly, anyway, let's hope not. Yeah, I think I'm afraid you're right. Um, uh, and, you know, business ethics is a, a fascinating field that we don't even have time for because we're getting our clothes to show because poor Aaron, I think needs to, uh, go blow his nose or use a nebulizer and, uh, you don't feel great and I don't feel great, but we've had an interesting conversation about crisis communications, ethics, cheating in general. Thanks so much for joining us. For Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton-Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.